One time, time. <laughs> shut up, shut up, you're ruining it. <laughs> so this has been every episode of You wait for the sitar. You wait for the sitar. <laughs> Join us next week. Uh... <laughs> When something else will happen. Something that's important. <laughs> this is... Good night, everybody. Living in the past. This is February 1996. And we are definitely killing you softly with our words. Um, I am very happy to be here and talk about this month because it was, it was very... I loved the music and everything. we got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, we've got uh, a lot of music news. Um, we've also got my co-host, Ben. Say hello. Hello. Um, we've got yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of music views, uh, Chris Farley and some David Spade action. We've got, <laughs> we've got the, that shit is movie, crazy movie, um, so far of Broken Arrow. Um, we've got so much stuff to talk to talk about and I've just also watched around about 40 minutes of Who Dares Wins compilations on, uh, YouTube, <gasps> uh, which, uh, I was already to trash and I'm like, you know what? Shut my mouth. <laughs> Because I was in, baby. I was like, yes. It's you one should of those, do that for fifty dollars. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, we'll, we'll get to that. Before we do any of that, though, we are going. Uh, we do. We talk about what we're doing lately, and that's not to do with the nineties, because um, this is a nineties podcast where we talk about the nineties, but not right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is living in the now. Understand that you you watched a uh, a actor that was an Australian actor that was an Australian actor that was uh, very popular in the nineties and not so popular now. Yeah. Now he's the Pope's exorcist. <laughs> How is. was the Pope's exorcist um, with uh, Russell Crowe? I'll be honest; it is not the worst film that I have ever seen. Okay, cool. That would be his the accent is not the most. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Um. Uh, a little behind the curtain, uh, Paul and I went and saw Suspiria, and I fucking hated it because it's yeah. not very good. We and went to a we went to a, we went to a a cinema screening, and I'd never seen Suspiria. This is Suspiria is the Dario Argento film from the seventies. Um, I spent half the movie watching Ben's reaction to a lot of stuff, which was just a squinty eyed, just like what, <laughs> and not and just you seem more and more annoyed as the it, film went on. It was just amazing. Um, that yeah, it was kind of disgust and confusion and and you know like why why did we pay to come and see this <laughs> why is this that they had the giant rope no offense to the bonfire club like Adla- it's so great in adelaide in adelaide they, did, they was... sold out the massive room yeah, for this yeah was, we went into the other cinema because it was just so much um yeah because everyone suspiria is one of those movies that oh. like a you know if you're a horror fan you, and like I, I agree that it's not the best movie ever but man it's a, it's it's certainly one you should watch, and everyone should watch at some point. Yeah, uh, hats off to the Bonfire Club um, for the movies every last Friday of every month at Pulse Nova. Um, so the Pope's Exorcist, uh, bad, not bad. Uh, I think I gave it one and a half. 
out of five, not out of nine. Um, because it it was it was okay. Like it was typical. Like you know, the, all the cliche cliche lines. Like we have to learn his name, and then we can exercise a demon. What's his What is his um, accent in this? Uh, he is Italian. <laughs> uh, he speaks Latin. He speaks Italian fluently, of course. Um, okay. The highlight is, and Laura looked this up afterwards. Apparently, it was quite common for uh, priests and such to get around on little mopeds. And I did see did. that in the in the trailer. I was like, where, where does the moped fit fit into like uh, being an exorcist? But I would have liked the original exorcist better if Father Marin came in. On a moped. <laughs> <laughs> Reagan's just looking out the window, <laughs> like, what the. Honk his little horn. Meep, meep. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only part that really annoyed me is he goes out to save this family at this big chateau mansion, mm-hmm. you know, estate. And it must be, it looks like it's in the middle of nowhere. You went all that way from Vatican City on your little moped <sighs> with that big should- old booty. But you know what they should do? You know how they're doing that film about just that one part of Dracula about the the ship going from like Europe to America, or whatever. Oh yeah. They should have like one movie about the Pope on his moped going to the rural country. <laughs> just Russell Crowe stopping at like what is it set in present day or is it like in the seventies or eighties or? Uh, you'll find very early on if you watch this film, it is in the eighties. Oh. Because they do not mess. We had to watch it with subtitles because it didn't. Like, Italian parts weren't automatically subtitled. Right. So it lets you know every time a song is on, of course. <laughs> yeah. And they just smash you with late 80s oh, pop songs. I don't see the thing. And it's kind of cool. It's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I know it's 1987. You don't have to pay, <laughs> play, like, the current 1987. Like, every next scene, there was a hit from 1987. So I'm going and it was great. I'm going to do The Exorcist now. I think did they have that in there? They would have to. Nine nine red loof balloons. No. Being Europe in the eighties, that's just a sacrilege. Yeah. 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 It wasn't the worst. Yeah. If you want to laugh, it's it's okay. It's not scary. Fuck! I want to watch it. What have you done? Just just Xboxing. Yeah, yeah, I um, I've been, I've acquired a Xbox Series X, so that's been the Resident Evil Four Xbox for his birthday. <laughs> um, the Resident Evil Four remaster has been my life. Um, I also the other day, um, Alan Arkin passed away. Um, one of my favorite actors. He's his scene in what we'll get to it. I think next year in Gross Point Blank is one of my all time favorite roles of his. So me and Matt watched a little bit of Sunshine. The other night, in uh, in honor yeah. of him. How weird! We were talking about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I saw. I, I was thinking as I was putting yeah. it on, like, yeah, and we, now... yeah. I just I, that yeah. movie is is amazing, and also then I watched. Um, I got into like that sort of mid two thousands um indie dramedy thing, and I watched The Descendants with George Clooney as well. Um, I really like that film. I don't know why, but yeah, it's good. I remember that um, one. It's when he's in Hawaii and his wife dies, but he finds out that she slept with Matthew oh, Matthew yeah. Lillard. <laughs> Yeah, that was weird. Uh, Matthew Lillard and Judy Greer are husband and wife, but they kind of look like brother and sister. <laughs> They're all sort of like tall, lanky, bird-type and people. <laughs> and it's kind of one of those nothing films, but it was good. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And I just wish also for the Gawley and Rust, I've watched um, this Dutch film called The Vanishing from 1988, which is, uh, I wanted to watch it for ages. I had to watch it in six parts on YouTube. Um, but if you want to watch a oh. creepy, um, yeah, it's like, I've always heard about the like, the last 10 minutes of this film is like, is like really full on. And like, it wasn't like, didn't live up to the hype as much as I thought it would, but yeah, like the, the ending is what, what you would think. So yeah, The Vanishing on YouTube because you can't get anywhere else. <laughs> Find it. Um, but let's get back it's into the, get into the nineties because we have a lot to get through. So this is back into the events of February nineteen ninety six. Alrighty, Heidi Fleiss. You remember her? Nope, she, who's that? Uh, she was a madame um, in Hollywood. She had her own sort of, uh, she had 500 girls working for her um, in, um, wow. apparently making like $300,000 a week. Uh, very lot, a lot of top class, um, well, top class, <laughs> top class in like the financial sense, probably not in like the actual like moral sense. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. uh, stars and executives, uh, Charlie, Charlie Sheen being, um, he, he got called to the stand during this trial, um, and he claimed that he spent $60,000, and she came out and said, mm, it's probably more like $200,000. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, yeah, there's an interview that she did in 2018, I think, um, that sort of goes through how she's doing. She basically got convicted of... Um, wasn't doing anything to do with um, uh, sex work or anything like that. It was to do with uh, like financial... like uh, I don't know. I think just not not claiming taxes and stuff like that. So she did go to jail and started in February 1996. Uh, she was... If you Google her, yeah, um, the top thing that comes up, Heidi Fleiss is an American businesswoman and criminal. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was with uh, Tom Sizemore for a bit. Um, and um, yeah. in, in that interview that I mentioned, I think it's with Variety, uh, goes into what he likes in his porn and it's not what you might think. <laughs> Oh, that's the, that's oh. as far as I will say it. But yeah, uh, ah, yeah. I need to know now because I well, assume it's messed up. It is, it is. Um, <laughs> for some reason, I'm thinking like aquatic or the ocean. For some reason, am I close? No. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we also remember. Uh, I think in late 1995, we talked about Robbie Williams leaving Take That, and how there was like a bunch of uh, suicide prevention lines set up all over um, England because mm-hmm. girls were or boy and or boys were very upset. Well, then Take That said, "You know what? Uh, we're going to quit." <laughs> uh, they were all ready to do a new album, and then over the Christmas holidays, apparently they got together and they're like, "Nah, I don't want to do this anymore." So they split up again. They did their last show. Do you think show. all four of them said that? Or do you think Gary's like, guys, I'm going to go solo as well. Um, well, you won't survive without me. So let's just end it. That's the thing. It's like, so uh, there's a that's what article. Happened. There's an article on Bustle where like you can, they sort of go through each member. Um, Barlow has spoken out. Um, he said that uh, he had writer's block, um, Gary Barlow. Um, and they, they just, he just couldn't do anymore. He said... Within six, um, he's like, within six months, this piano drove me mad. I would spend days just looking at it, lying underneath it, rubbing my face on it, and slowly going insane. <laughs> Can you imagine? Wow. Can you imagine Gary Barlow just rubbing his face on a piano? 
<laughs> Work, <Right>. man. <laughs> Give me some songs. <laughs> get out of Casio, man. Just press a yeah. button. It does it for you. Um, but get a guitar. Yeah, well, I might hurt himself more. Stubborn. Um, I think Can't he basically. Really I think they all basically. I think it's what happens to a lot of those '90s um, bands, where it's like when one person leaves, and like they obviously were the major pull. The other people are like, "Well, what were we? Chop liver sort of thing," and they're like. But and- the thing, the funny thing with take that is, Robbie Williams wasn't the main pull in that group. Oh. It was all Gary. Remember. Yeah, but I think because he was the bad boy, they just didn't have. You know how like yeah. every 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 boy group needed that the different um, personification of a of a of a thing. So he, if you don't have the bad boy, like you just yeah. don't have a group anymore. I think I think it created a bigger hole than people expected it to. Yeah, yeah. Because then um, Gary just becomes like the nice boring one, <laughs> like the me? extra nice boring one, because you've got no one to offset him. And he's like, oh, you want bad boy? I'll rub my face on a piano <laughs> for six months. Ooh. Um, oh, their the last... Oh, they're jagged. <laughs> the most... The, 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 the um, last ever single they had... Well, I mean, they did get back together like, eventually, but um, that How Deep Is Your Love, the, um, the cover they did, was the last thing they sort of put out. And then they did one more show, I think, in... I think it was in Holland for some reason. And then that was it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why not? Um, that, year also, <laughs> that year we also... Oh, yeah, they also did set up, um, again, um, like apparently teenagers were like lining the streets crying. Um, no doubt. Can you imagine like all the stuffy uh, <laughs> BBC presenters? It's like, oh, <laughs> look at these young people. Um but yeah, they they set up suicide lines again because they've probably never even listened to the Beatles. They don't know what pain is. <laughs> um, we had the Grammys. Um, Kiss from Kiss from a Rose won Record of the Year. Um, Everything. One Sweet Day. Uh, they're up against One Sweet Day, Gangsters Paradise, One of Us, and Waterfalls, which is that's a pretty good. You know, uh, it's, it's, what was One of Us? Uh, what if God was One of Us by John Osborne? Just a slob oh, like oh, one. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna do the Doctor Evil rendition. <laughs> if you take that song out, that is that is a tough choice. Hey, one of us is good. Um, album of the year. No, it's to, good. But like it's not. Yeah, but it's not. It's not you know. uh, waterfalls and Kings Paradise. Um, exactly. Jagged Little Pill won album of the year. Um, nice. Was, yeah. Uh, beat out of I told you though. Mm. Song of the year was Kiss from a Rose. Mm. Best new artist was Hootie. Um, wow. <laughs> best Curse alternative continues. Best alternative music performance was Nirvana for MTV Unplugged. Um, nice. We have uh, this is this must be the one where um, Pearl Jam won for best rock single. Um, yeah, is it Last Exit or Spin the Black no, Circle? Spin the Black Circle, yeah. Is this when Eddie says, I don't know what this means, I don't think it means anything? Yeah, 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 yeah. Incredible. Um, yeah, that was, and I remember like, yeah, uh, watching the broadcast because I, I heard that he was on it. Um, but, yeah. Could not have done anything more, anything more to divide people. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to No one's going to be on the fence with that. You're good. <laughs> You're going to absolutely love him and think he's a hero for saying it, or you're going to be absolutely disgusted that he's just throwing his privilege away and he doesn't appreciate what he's got. 
And apparently, there's no in between with that. Is it that or the MTV award that's the doorstopper in his house now? One of those. This, do you remember that? There was a couple of years ago, a guy said that he was um, friends with Eddie and he got to go to his house and then told people, like, told a magazine, like, all intricate details about what's inside Eddie Vedder's house. And one of it's like, there's oh. a, I think it's an MTV movie, music award, is a doorstopper to one of Eddie's doors. Um, yeah, why not? Best hard rock performance heavy. was Spinback Circle. Best metal performance was Nine Inch Nails. Um, you ought to know. I mean, this is one of the one that this is uh, uh, Alan, Alanis Morissette really um, swept the the alternative and rock sections of this. So good on her because it's well deserved. Um, Millie Vanilli member Rob, Robert Pilatus tried to break into a car and got smacked in the head with an aluminum bat. <laughs> Um, and also, Whoa. he was also attacking and threatening a lot of people in his neighborhood. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not funny, but like, it's just like the fall from grace of Millie Vanilli was quite fast and hard. Um, and it's yeah. like, you know, and, you, and unfair. And unfair. Look, we went through it, and like, I mean, we, we he, they did they did wrong, but like, they, man, did they get chastised like throughout the music world. Like you just want to go to an island and uh, just not be there anymore. Um, I never knew of this you incident. Can't afford one. Yeah. Oh yeah. True. <laughs> I never knew about this incident, but um, have you ever heard of the time about Jarvis Cocker uh, mooning Michael Jackson on stage? Mooning him? Yeah. No. So the 1996 Brit like, Awards was Jacko performing. Oh, I'll I'll tell you about what happened. Okay. So okay, please. Uh, the 1996 Brit Awards um, happened in London in February 1996. Uh, so Michael Jackson was performing Earth Song. Um, and then Giles Cocker was on the... He was there um, and Pulp, all the Pulp were there. And they were sort of side stage and was watching this. And Cocker was getting more and more upset about like the, uh, the godlike status that Michael Jackson was like uh, exuding like to the people. Like, he's, he just, he just yeah, got sick yeah, of fair, it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, there's a bunch of, I mean, there's a bunch, I mean, this is not to segue to a joke, but like the stage was full of a bunch of children, like, cause Earth Song's like all about that sort of, you know, people coming together yes. and children of people and stuff. Yeah. So Cocker on, and then there's a few different articles I read for this. Um, one said that the keyboardist in his band said like, yeah, he's like, he said like something like, oh, I should go on there and moon him. And she's like, yeah, you should. <laughs> And no one was dissuading yeah. him from doing it. So he ran on stage <laughs> and he mooned... Onto the stage. He ran it during a, a live broadcast Brit Awards performance by Michael Jackson. He ran on stage, mooned him, mooned the audience, and then like started like weaving through a bunch of the children dancing on stage. Michael Jackson was actually on a... Um, he was on a different part of the stage. He wasn't actually there. Uh, but he got a lot of uh, he got a lot of press, as you might think. He went back to his uh, dressing room, and then the police came and said, yes. "Like uh, you are under arrest because you've hurt a bunch of kids." So they're saying that like when he did that, he knocked a bunch of kids off the stage and hurt them. Which he's like, "No, I didn't." Oh. So Mark Jackson was upset. <laughs> <laughs> and once it, he was, he sort of one of those things where it's like, only he, Michael Jackson can get his booty out in front of the children. <laughs> um, he, uh, he, yeah, he, he sort of um, would make a statement, then like come out and do another statement, sort of double down on it quite a lot, and just said like it was disgusting and like you know, um, I can't believe that someone would do that. Um, 
Jarvis Cocker has come out and said in the last uh, <clears throat> few years that he actually re- regrets, not regrets doing it, but regrets like, because after that, that's what gave him fame in England because he was the guy that mooned people on ah. stage and that's when he couldn't like leave his house. No, because... No, but like to the great... To the great like <clears throat> common people and, you know... Yeah, but like... They had some big hits last year. Yeah, to to the to people who are listening to that, but like to the average person mm. who is like seeing like you know, if you, and Jarvis Cocker is not inconspicuous. Like he, you know, who Jarvis Cocker is once you've seen him once. And this was yeah. the incident that made him not be able to leave his house, and people would like sort of just like have a go at him and mob him, lots of stuff. Um, enter a hero. David Bowie oh. walks into the uh, to the arena because the the. The police were trying to really double down on this um, assault on children thing, like pushing him off stage. And David Bowie's like, um, was getting a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Britpop. And he had his own film crew because they were doing a documentary about him. And they had footage nice. of Jarvis Cocker doing this. And he could prove that oh. no one got injured. Um, so David Bowie saved Jarvis Cocker from being um, uh, charged. <clears throat> Oh, it's like rowdy, rowdy people in the bushes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Michael Jackson's is he getting? A, oh, he's not getting undressed. He's got clothes under his. Sorry, I'm watching it right now. He's got clothes under his clothes. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. He's oh, fine. He is Jesus. He's being all Jesus. Yeah. All so he got, right. he got really like upset about that. Yeah. Cross thing. We'll put footage up on the Instagram. No, she's hanging out. Uh, I, I'm. It's like a nine-minute video. I'm trying to scroll through and find Jarvis, but. So he he, must have come and gone very and now that you know the story, half of this is like his keyboard's going, do it. You should do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to scroll through and be like, how long would they have been telling him to do it for before he actually did it? <laughs> sure, so, surely the cameras would have like panned away. It wouldn't, you wouldn't see that much. No. Um, I mean, I mean, I think, but you, like he was sort of darting throughout the stage. There is, there is some footage I've seen where he's like, like you can definitely see him. It's, it's a lot of it's really grainy too. So like, I think some, and it's like, where's that footage coming from? It was like, so those people didn't have phones. <laughs> so, this is on um, the TV. Yeah, this is what TV looked like in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> um, Distorted. But yeah. So that is my. It's it's basically mostly music news, but yeah, it's, that's my news for February 1996. And with that, um, let's get some sports. No, it's been a marvelous game here. Yes, England! Championship curling on CBC. So, uh, everyone would be very excited uh, because in January we had the African Cup of Nations. Oh, look. Uh, I left you all <laughs> on, on I tether, don't think anyone's actually gone away from their phones. They've just been waiting for this new episode to drop. They're like, I don't want to know about video games in 1996. I want to get into the February. Come on. Yeah. Um, and you, you all remember what happened in, yep. in January of how far we got. And we only yep. had. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. Oh, it was a, it was a roller coaster of a story. Yeah. I don't want like I don't want to take away. I don't want to take away from you. You 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 fill in the listeners, but I, yeah, you you let me know. Actually, I don't think I went into great detail. Um, <laughs> on January thirty first, South Africa beat Ghana and Tunisia beat Zambia in the yes. semifinals. Yes, and then South Africa then beat Tunisia in the final. On the yeah, yeah that's, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, yep. 
Yeah. Well, you couldn't say that because I hadn't said that, but yeah. Cause okay. Oh, well, you know. Third, fifth, yeah, cool. But there you go. The African Cup of Nations uh, wrapped up. Zambia right. took out third place uh, on the same day. I feel like they usually play third place the day before. Nah. But whatever. That's that's fine. That's up to me. Um, we had another event that began in February, but did not end in February. Oh. And that was the sixth ever Cricket World Cup. Ah. Remember those? I didn't remember that. I thought that was... Yeah. So it's like a fairly young tournament. I th- yeah. Um, I suppose one I think day. It I mean, that's suppose it one day. Out as, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they hadn't been around that long, like the International World of Cricket and like, or World Series Cricket, whatever they called it. Where was this being held? Um, this was played through India, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. Okay. Uh, India and... Who was it? Indian Pakistan, I think, had 17... No, India had 17 matches, Pakistan had 16, and Sri Lanka only had four. And is this like Australia... But I guess they're quite small. ...past its prime or right in its prime? Still. No, see, I mentioned it because I feel like this was... I mean, for the generation that was there, this was kind of peak Aussie right. cricket team. Okay. This is like Warney. Like, I'm pretty sure this is... Yeah, Warney... Uh, I think Bevan should have been around. Nice. Uh, Mark War. The old... Uh, what they call him? Pistol? Poor Rifle? Oh, nice. Man. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um... Yeah, there was, it was a good little team they would have had, um, but it didn't end until March. So I can't really tell you see what oh. happened. Yeah, you can... we'll have to come back to that. Sorry, everyone. Do you reckon they would have covered that in the um, Channel Nine series, Warney? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'm oh, sure man, it was. I, a... I saw the ads for that. And I'm like, it kind of looks like. <laughs> Like the dude that they got playing him, I think, played some other dude as well. Was he? He's not the. Was he the race car driver too? <laughs> like it's just this one guy that just plays like Australian sports personalities. I don't know. But yeah, if it's not Eric Banner, it's not going to do well. And Eric Banner, like man, back in the day when he was like all in his like serious acting, if they said, "Hey, we want you to play Warney," do you reckon he would have gone Christian Bale? <laughs> like eating heaps and stuff and. Then. Dying his oh. hair, smoking and stuff. Nah, I can't see Eric Banner being that that type of guy. Yeah. Although Chopper. Oh yeah. Don't forget Chopper. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, yeah he, anyway, that's what I'm saying. Like he went full. Not... He went full. Um. Like method. Like for that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We talk off. about that for it's not sport. Let's go. Um, it's not. Uh, some sad news. Everyone will remember Tommy Morrison. The boxer who was in Rocky Five, and we're like, wow, this kid really can't act because he was a real boxer. Okay. Remember I him? I you remember, have you not him? ever watched the Rockies movies. <laughs> so you remember when you watched Rocky Five and <laughs> he like takes on this young protege? Sure. Uh, and he just gets really angry. Like he's this nice, sweet young kid, and then, you know, rage happens because he's a boy. Um, he announced that he had HIV. Oh. Yeah. Um, and he did later die from it, but, you know, oh. hey, not yet. Not yet. He, he had a good little life there for a bit afterwards. It's fine. Oh, I forgot in that interview um, with um, Hardy Fleiss, she talks about AIDS and she's like, AIDS is nothing now. AIDS is like, she's like, it's actually worse to have asthma than to have AIDS. I'm like, <laughs> I don't 
don't know if that's true. Because <laughs> she was talking about Charlie Sheen. And she's like, yeah, like everyone's taking a big deal about him having HIV. But you know, it's like, you know, he's people got HIV. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's still pretty, pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not bad if it's, you know, if, if it's not horrible yeah. it doesn't kill you but exactly it's... it's still it's still something that you prefer not to have and that you'd have to take lots yeah. of precautions about so yeah any hoozle yeah um the move mm-hmm. this is i did not know about this the cleveland browns uh owner in 1995 i probably didn't even mention 95 announced that he was going to move the team to baltimore oh uh, the city of Cleveland and all the Browns season ticket holders uh, tried to sue him um, and were like, uh, you can't take our team away. This is <laughs> the weirdest thing I have ever... Like, it happens in American sport. Like, just teams move from town to town. Whatever. Yep. So, they agreed that the Browns had to stay in Cleveland and they... It says they granted the owner a new franchise in Baltimore. Right. They granted him one, or if he had to pay for one, because usually you pay a lot of money to get a team. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, they gave this guy a team in Baltimore. Yeah. Partly because the Cleveland Stadium was atrocious and they couldn't play there anymore. It's like, you can have a team if you build a new stadium. You should, if anyone had but, that chance, you should also look into like the infrastructure of Cleveland, because like, heaps of shit there is like, especially in the 80s and 90s, was like disgusting. Their, their, their river caught on fire. <laughs> Like twice, <laughs> because of the How pollution. Does the river catch fire? Because of the because of the pollution in the river, like that river was literally on fire. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, keep going. Wow. Um. So because the stadium was so bad, they knocked it down in 1996. Right. Not in February, but yeah, they knocked it down. I'm not going to come back to this every month. Um, because Cleveland didn't have a stadium, the franchise was deactivated. Oh. And the NFL agreed to give them one back by 1999 if they had a stadium. Did they? Either we'll give you a new team or we'll just move a team here from somewhere else. Okay. What the fuck is... A, how does... What? So are they still... Are they a team still or what? Yeah, Cleveland Browns are back. They came they're back. They're a dog? What? They're, oh, the mascot. They're seeking as a dog. What's a What's a brown? What is a brown? It's, it's a color that can be anything you want it to be. Is that what it is? I think it's some sort of dog or wolf or bear thing. I'm just going to look at the etymology on it's this. an animal. Just... Yeah, okay. Um. So, yeah, that's that's what happened to Cleveland because the okay. NFL just is, is stupid. I, I, I don't understand it, but that's what they did. That's how it's done. Not my business. Um. <laughs> let's go on to the real stuff now. Okay. They don't Tario, say why they call Nokia him Brown. Cup. Why are they calling him Brown? Because oh, that was shit, obviously. Oh, they were named after... Oh, my God. <laughs> they were named after their original head coach, Paul Brown. I mean, it could be worse. Yeah. He could have had a worse last name. Yeah, Turd. Actually, his last name was... Yeah, Turd. <laughs> Steamer. <laughs> um, anyway, so the Nokia... Um, the thing that you just said. Yep, cool. The Ontario Nokia Cup. Okay. Ontario. You know what that is? Curling. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, not... two months in a row. It's Nokia's curling getting, season. Nokia is getting in on the uh, ground floor. It's like, look, we're a, we're a brand that's about to have like lots of phones. Let's get into a sport that everyone's yep. into. 
Yeah. Exactly. It was, and but January and February, are, it's curling season. Yeah. There's nothing else going on. You know, Super Bowl was a waste of time. Other seasons have barely got started, or that you know it's mid-season break. It's it's all about curling. It's the curl. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this was not a like a, I guess it's more of an individual. Yeah. Type. It's not. It, the other ones we have where it's nations or like provinces. Uh, it was obviously held in Ontario. Yeah. The winner was Russ. Wait, is this? It's just called. It's just the team is just named after the 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 <laughs> captain, like the skip. What's the skip's name? They Russ. don't give themselves a little team name. Hey, Rusty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. Ru- Russ Howard. Uh, was beaten out by Bob Ingram in the final. Um, Why are they not giving themselves little team names? Do you think of two wider names? <laughs> Russ Howard. Yeah, I don't know. You know, <laughs> you know it does have t- team names. What's that? The Canadian Junior Curling Championships. Oh, yeah. Held in the same month. Junior? Yeah, you remember these. <laughs> <laughs> Saskatchewan. <laughs> Moose jaw. It's funny because someone would have taken the boat because uh, <laughs> we got to take the boat. That's <laughs> the only way to go off that rock. You got to take the ferry. No, not like riding for these. I guys. think they have an airport. <sighs> they've, sure, they've got an airport, right? I think they've got an airport. Fuck, I love that movie. Anyway, it's easy to take the ferry. It's a nice drive afterwards as well. Um, so, finals. Yeah. I'm not going to list out all the teams because we've been here before. Yeah. Northern Ontario beat out Manitoba. Oh, Manitoba. In the men's. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, is that a Scottish flag? No. Nova Scotia has a very Scottish-esque yeah, flag. Yeah, I've always noticed that. Yeah, it's like a... Yeah. I'm sure it's like something to do with the settlements. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. You know what's funny? My uh, Scottish cousin moved to Nova Scotia. Oh, really? Yeah, that probably had nothing to do with it, but... You know, that's probably that's probably. Him. I say Scottish. They 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 lived in Vancouver. Okay. Um, and in the women's, it, it's your favorite town. Yeah. Nice. But they lost to Alberta. Oh fuck Alberta. <laughs> Sketch always wins. Uh, apparently not. Um, and sketches back. It wouldn't be curling season without the Scott Tournament of Hearts. <laughs> In Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay. I always wanted to go because, like, um, that's always on uh, tours. That yeah, when Pearl Jam played there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always saw, saw it like, and like, um, for some reason, I always saw very diverse set lists. I don't know. I always like it. it just sort of came up. I'm like, oh, where they play Thunder Bay. I'm like, oh, they never play that song. Oh, cool. So yeah, they Thunder, just may. Shout out to Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay. <laughs> they just may. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you finally got there with me. We're going to play. Um, so Team Canada was there again, always cheating, just taking the best of the best. Yeah. But couldn't make it to the final. All right. Sketch. Uh, the hosts, Ontario, beat out Alberta. Oh, fuck all those countries. Uh, the Sats uh, played off uh, third and came fourth. <laughs> well, there's something called Ford Hot Shots. Ford began a tradition of skills competition preceding the round robin of the tournament. 
Each competitor had to perform a series of shots, with each shot scoring between 0 and 5 points, depending on where the stone came to rest. The winner oh. of this edition of the event would win a two-year lease on a Mercury Mystique. A two-year lease? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> now you don't own yeah, it. I can't afford to give you the car, but uh, for two years... Also, you so can't leave. For the, servicing. You can't leave the country with that car. <laughs> uh, you got to pay for your own gears. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, all right, That's let's what? let's get You're on welcome. to the film. Now, uh, <laughs> there's a lot here, and we're not going to go through all of them. Uh, and there's a couple oh, here gosh. that I there's a couple here that I actually remember going oh I really want to see that and I just never got around to it because like um, peek behind the scenes like we've recorded this a lot longer <laughs> between January than we did so a lot of these I watched um, about a month ago so um, but I had, a, oh, I had a, same I was not ready yeah but like, we'll, 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 we'll be alright so we had Black Sheep The Jura yeah. White Squall Beautiful Girls Broken Arrow Pie in the Sky Sea Hall Happy Gilmore Mr. Wrong Muppet Treasure Island Project Alf Bottle Rocket, Before and After, Mary Riley, The Young Poisoner's Handbook, Late Shift, and Rumble in the Bronx. Now, I'll just go through. The Late yes. Shift's a really good movie. If you get a chance to watch it, I haven't watched it this time around, but I have watched it in the past. It's all about the Leno Letterman um, who gets the Tonight Show thing. So it's. Um, oh, no, I should have watched that. It's really hard to find, um, but it's, it's a really good movie. The, the, and, like, the people portraying. The Leno and Letterman actually do really, really well. So if you get a chance to watch it, The Late Shift is really good. The Young Poison's Handbook I wanted to mention because it had a very distinct front cover that I remember from when my first I started working at the video store. It's just this like sort of gothy sort of emo kid um, with I think he's got like a like a black tank top on and it's like he's, he's very barely lit and it's it was like it was in the cult we had a cult section at the store <laughs> and. Where we put all the movies online. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand this, um, but that one always sort of uh, had a bright green spine to it. And um, this kid that worked in the store rented it a lot. And I'm like, I don't think this everything's right about you. <laughs> I think he, <laughs> he he rented all the like the really really messed up stuff. And like, I don't. I was like, looking back on oh. it now, I probably should have like talked to his parents at some point. <laughs> said, like, is he okay? Um, Kind of yeah. looks like a little John Cusack. And Project Alpha watched, it's not really a movie, like it's more of like an extended TV thing, but if you love Alf like I used to and still do, um, bring Alf back. Um, did did you watch it? I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not like intently, it was on the background. Um, and I'm like, man, <laughs> it's like it's like watching a movie or something that there was like four seasons of and you're like, as if they could stretch this out for four seasons, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> and I still maintain that and there's a, a little bit there, more. There's an Alf Christmas movie um, where he is with this young child who's not going to see the family, and I still cry <laughs> to this day. I remember seeing it midday movie back in the nineties. I must have been homesick or something like that, and I've caught it every so often. I can't find it now, but man, that movie is gut wrenching. <laughs> Maybe it's not so much the movie, it's just, you know, it takes you back to that moment and it's not I your I think so, yeah. Alf, just, you know. Alf, for me, I was, yeah, I think, I don't, like, some people are saying, like, oh, we should bring it back. I'm like, I don't think you should. <laughs> I don't know. No. What that, 
I even watched the... dinosaurs and we don't want I used, that. I used to watch the uh, the cartoon about it. Um, I wanted to see Mr. Wrong because I remember the front cover of that. It had Bill Pullman and Ellen DeGeneres, and they look like they're in an embrace. But Ellen DeGeneres is looking at the camera and she's like screaming, and he's just like. <laughs> It's just, I don't know, if you can look it up now quickly, the front cover of Mr. Wrong, it's just like every 90s uh, rom-com. And I just don't like Ellen DeGeneres anymore. I don't think I ever used to. Um, And it's not, you know, it's not her, you know, (laughs) sitting with George Bush Jr. That looks like they've taken a photo of Bill Pullman from every film he's ever been in, (laughs) where he's just like... Yeah, I'm nice. Yeah, yeah. If everyone, everyone take a, take a moment just to look at... To nobody. If, if, you don't, if you do nothing else today, look at the cover of Mr. Wrong and go, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. Um, you know I what also, comes up when you look at the covers of Mr. Mr. Wrong? What? Uh, it comes up with their YouTube thumbnail saying, Mr. Wrong, a movie for everyone to hate. Nice. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch The go. Dura or City Hall because they were just... I don't know. Like, um, The Dura had Al Pacino in it. Um, I, I kind of wanted to see City Hall. I've watched ages ago, and I remember being very long and boring, so I didn't, I didn't give that one a go. So, sue me. It's got even though it had John Cusack in it, I'm like, it killed me. But I'm like, I'm not, I'm not in the mood. Oh, wow. So let's go. Um, I don't think, I think everything else we kind of watched or something. Don't I, tell I, me that you watched Muppets. I had it on the background. Um, it's not okay, good. Okay, good. It's not a. No, I mean, I'm a big Muppets is. fan, but even for a big Muppets fan like me, it's it's. Gross. It's, it is a really long movie for a kids movie, and I, sometimes with Muppets, like they do tend to outstay the welcome. Um, even Billy Billy Connolly can't say this. Tim Curry's in this, um, and there's just like a lot of like. <laughs> I think my uh, my boys were watching it with me for a little bit, and every time a song came on, they just went. <sighs> And that's like I'm with you boys. My youngest no, son my youngest son loves like music and stuff like that, but every other time this is just like, oh, this is not good and he just walked out and like, alright. <laughs> did not did not pass the test. Let's talk about something yeah. we both watched. Uh, um I didn't even attempt it. Let's start off with Black Sheep. Um the follow up to Tommy Boy. Um one that I thought was gonna be a lot funnier than I thought and it is not it's really um no. I, chris farley didn't want to do it at all um he was kind of made to by the did anyone want to do it well him and spade were at their worst too like they were like um they were fighting a lot and did, did a lot of scenes like separately um a lot of stuff going on in the set this is a, this is the set where you really in tommy boy the girl that chris farley's um yes yeah, in the, in the pool. He's dating. Yeah, so yep. Davis, Davis Bay wanted to date her, but she went with Chris Farley, and that caused a lot of problems. Um, you know, it's got... Uh, Boys. It's got Mud Honey. Is this the one you told me that there was just, like, constant rewrites? Yeah. Yeah, just like... it's. So I, was, it's... I was reading about why it was, why it was so bad, because yeah. Farley was in line for other films that Jim Carrey ended up getting. A cable Guy. Just rushed cable... through by, like... Yeah, so he yeah. was going to get Cable Guy, and they said like, "No, we're going to get Jim Carrey because he's like, like insanely famous right now." So, and then they're like, "But we'll give you Black Sheep," and he's like, "Oh, thanks." Well, they had a two film contract with him. He did Tommy Boy, and they're like, "We need to," and Tommy Boy ended up doing a lot better than they thought. So they're like, "Okay, we need to try and like smash something out and make the most of having him on this contract." Yeah, 
and they just reimagine Tommy Boy, basically. Yeah, it's not... They're um, like, Spade and Farley are funny together. This would be great, no matter what we do. The way the Spades, like, they're introduced... Just, they're, they're the exact <laughs> same characters. Yeah, but even Spades probably, like, a little less, like, begrudging because he basically asks to take Chris Farley out in this life. If you know this in the movie, Chris Farley's brother... Played awesomely by Tim Matheson. <laughs> I reckon he's the best thing about this movie. Um, he's like a... Um, no, governor. Gary Busey was, for sure. Oh, fuck Gary Busey. Um, Tim Matheson's like a governor, and he's got a um, a brother na- uh, named Mike, which is played by Chris Farley, who's a bit of a, a fuck-up, and he's wants to help out his brother by, like, you know, getting people out to vote for him. So they just send him... Um, oh, <laughs> and old Davis Bay works for the, the, the governor as well. And so they they basically just go and like they're they're trying to like oh no so what happens is like um the at the campaign office isn't it like they the it gets set on fire by these two other dudes but they think it's Chris Farley did it um and they're on the run there's there's so many little he's in he's in a truck driving around town saying bro vote for my brother vote for my brother and then he crashes the truck and like it just he just every time he tries to help it goes wrong and makes it look worse yeah so they're like oh, what if we just send him off into the woods while yeah. the campaign is on and Spade is like I'll go with him and take care of him make sure he doesn't ruin it yeah and um, they go to this and cabin I think they while they're in the woods they don't ruin it no but like they um they, they go to that cabin which I thought was I, th- I thought was like going to be really funny and I, I had a lot of false memories of this movie. Like, I thought, like, there's a bit where he falls down a hill, which is pretty funny. Um, uh, I like yeah. uh, the the bit where he's um, he says, kill Whitey, unlike on the stage. Mudhoney's in this, and they're, like, kind of funny and awkward and, 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 and cute. Um, yeah. It's just, it's got... Uh, they completely steal the bat scene from The Great Outdoors. Yeah, yeah. And then, like... Um, Remember that? It's just him, like I mean, this 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 movie, like uh, when you when you watch <laughs> The Simpsons, when Homer's watching a Farley and Spade film, and it, and it's just him yelling, running around in a circle and yelling. I'm like, this is pretty much that film. <laughs> like it's 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 like someone watched Tommy Boy and was like, yeah, they just they tried to make a parody of Tommy Boy or just like. Every scene, like, okay, this is funny. What if we do the same scene but change like the topic of the scene, but have it be the same? It yeah, and you don't have That's like all someone, that it was, and you don't have that sort of um, like they. I think they they set up the story better with the first one with Tommy Boy, like with Brian Dennehy, and like he was doing everything he did sort of out of love. Whereas like you don't really sort of it it, it just went straight into the action. Like this movie is insanely short too. It's like eighty seven minutes long. It's it's really really quick. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, lots of rewrites, and you can, boy, can you tell? <laughs> so I think I gave it like a yeah, one and a half. It's a real shame. Yeah. yeah. Um. So moving on to, I watched White Squall. <laughs> What's that? Uh. Well, that's the thing. Um. It's a movie <laughs> about. Uh. So it's like in the sixties. Um. So these kids who are about, I know, some of them are fifteen, some of them are sixteen, seventeen. Instead of doing the last year of schooling, they go. They can sign up to this thing where they uh, work on a ship that is captained by um, Jeff Bridges, um, getting more and more cool. Lebowski every day. I do that. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and he's like sort of this like uh, he's not like a he's he's quite well respected as like this guy who like takes young young guys out and and shows them the ropes and stuff like that. There's one woman on the ship that's the nurse, um, um, but they don't get too gross with that. Uh, but they 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 have like um, I mean, there's a lot of young male uh, actors in this that like Scott Wolf is the is the main one, and boy is he whiny. Like I'm sorry, Scott, but I'm glad you yeah. didn't off because your face, yeah, that's what he does. Your face is very punchable. Um, so you got he was uh, the '90s uh, Luke Skywalker. Admit it. Okay, it's got Jeremy Sister yep. in it. You got Ryan Phillippe, and um, oh. also what's the what's the guy's name? Um, he's Ethan Embry is in this too from uh, um, Empire Records. Oh, no way. So what happens is they're out. Love Ethan. We're out. It's, it's directed by Ridley Scott. It's actually a really good looking film. Like they're 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 sailing along for about half the movie. Like you know they have little squabbles. Um, there's a bit where uh, there's this guy who's afraid of heights. Squabbles or squalls? Oh, don't. <laughs> um, uh-huh. uh, he this guy doesn't want to cl- climb up the um, I don't know that rope ladder thing they got on the ships, and Jeff Bridges basically forces him to, and this comes into play like later on. Because um, there's a, there's a kid there that like gets dropped off halfway through the trip, who's like a spoiled sort of rich kid, and when shit goes down in a bit, he's his parents are the ones that really like are trying to bring Jeff Bridges down. So what happens is like there's a storm, and then all of a sudden it like the waves start crashing, and then it like focuses on Jeff Bridges. He's like, it's a white squall. <laughs> they don't really oh they don't really explain what a white squall is. Like they kind of just say that it's it's just a really big storm, um, and if you think that's the last time that anyone says white squall, you are wrong, sir, because then in the ensuing court case and uh, courtroom drama that the last twenty minutes of this film is, they say white squall a lot. Um, so some kids die. Uh, the ship does like a basically like a full like turnaround in the water, which looks really cool. Like the 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 boat scenes are amazing. Like I don't know where they shot this. Or how they shot it, because like it's not miniatures for a lot of it, and it's like it's, it's, there's there's some decent stunt work going on. So that's that bit is great. So basically, like this rich kid's parents take uh, Jeff Bridges to court and say like he should be like not only stripped of his captaincy, but like um, he should uh, go to jail and stuff. And then, but all the kids because they learned so much from Jeff Bridges kind of do a my captain, my captain <laughs> thing. There's this bit nice. towards the end where there's this bell that they ring on the ship and one of the guys has for some reason got that bell and Jeff Bridges is about to walk out and he's basically like he's about to, he's put he's put in his he's put in his captaincy, he's like, I quit, that's what you all want, walks off and then there's this this boy just stands up and starts ringing a bell in the middle of the court. <laughs> and then all the other guys like, like um all the other guys start to stand up and like, yeah, it's it's very dead poet society. Um like, yeah. if it was just the, the the boat scenes, this movie would be amazing. But when they try to, like... Like, that, that's not how they end. The movie should have ended with that. It should have, like, been been an action ending. I don't know. But, yeah. Can I it, just, without having seen it, defend yeah. it slightly? Because in some films, they'll say the title of the film <laughs> and they'll explain what it means and you kind of wish they hadn't at all. Yeah. So, well, cool. you know. White squall. <laughs> just the way he says it, it's like it's it's very Lebowski. 
He's like, oh, it's a white squall. <laughs> that's my rug. Um, yeah, so that's that's white squall for you. Uh, did you watch Bottle Rocket? Because I terrible. didn't get to watch it. Did and you I want to like watch sh- it? Kind of, because like I do have a love hate relationship with Wes Anderson. Like I don't love all his stuff, but I like some of it. Um, this this one always seemed very pretentious to me, so I never actually never did it. But is it is it good? It's not. I liked it when I first. I don't know why I first watched this. I think I'd maybe finally appreciated Royal Tenenbaums, and I was like, oh, Luke and Owen Wilson. I didn't even realize it was a Wes Anderson film when I first watched it. Yeah, I just saw Luke and Owen Wilson's kids, and I was like, oh, this would be cool. Um, and it is still good. Like it's, it's not the pretentious classic Wes Anderson film. Like it's obviously a much smaller budget. It yeah. is that weird kind of dry, drawn out. Is this gonna go anywhere? Is anything actually gonna like build up to anything? Because you got James. And it Khan does. There? Is it James Khan or is? Yeah. 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 I forgot that that was happening, and then suddenly he's there. I was like, how the fuck did you get in this film? Um, I don't love that they keep saying Kimosabi. Okay. That was seemed to be a thing back in the nineties. Instead of saying "Hey man," they'd call each other Kimosabi. Yeah, he says. Oh, you know what? Yes. And I, I, I hesitate to bring this up because it means that I watched Night Museum. But yeah, he says Kimosabi, and uh, Ron Wilson's character says that in Night Museum. And now I can see the connection. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just a a Wilson thing, but it wasn't <laughs> him saying it in the film. But he did yeah. write. I think he did co-write it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it's kind of good fun. Luke's Luke's really good. I always really like Luke Wilson. I don't know why. Oh, I don't mind him. Yeah, I I would watch him more than a than an Owen Wilson. And it does have um the guy. I think he's in most Wes Anderson films. He's Gene Hackman's like assistant type guy in Royal Tenenbaums. Okay, and he's just as funny and goofy in this. Um. Uh, it was a good time. It was about these two brothers. One of them just got out of like a mental institution because he had like a breakdown, um, and he's trying to tell people that it was. And he, his brother Owen's like, "Don't tell people that." <laughs> um, but they try and they try and just get like regular jobs and be regular people. But they just want to cash in and and have this big robbery and just set themselves up for life. Yeah. Uh, Luke Wilson falls in love with a maid at the motel he's been staying at, but she doesn't speak very good English, so they don't know if they're actually in love with each other. So they move away and they start planning this robbery. Um, and then the robbery does not go well. Luke finds out this girl is in love with him, so he runs back instead of getting busted and going down for this crime. Uh, Owen goes to jail. Spoilers. There's a Labrador <laughs> in it. That was cool. It's always nice. When <laughs> Um, they use a combi as the getaway van, uh, and they do not get away. Okay. Surprise, surprise. So they get busted. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I gave it two. It was, it's fun enough. Like if, if you're in a Wes Anderson mood, yeah, then yes, it still definitely has that Wes Anderson vibe. I think if it was streaming, like I, I think I got to the point where I'm like, I think I paid for a couple of these and I'm like, oh, I just don't know if I can like... <laughs> Show another five bucks for a movie that I'm probably not gonna like. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, let's talk about Happy Gilmore, um, which I found quite delightful. Like, I, I, I know we had sort of our misgivings about Billy Madison, um, but this one, you know, on the uh, on the old woke check, 
that I give a lot of films. <laughs> this one came out pretty clean. Like it was yeah. pretty good, and I genuinely yeah. laughed um, a lot. And it had some of the weird Sandler humor in it, especially in the dream sequence scenes uh, with the little person. Yeah, uh, and there's like that scene with um when Shooter. <laughs> Like kisses, um, what's her name? Like that's like that seems like yeah, that old lady. Yeah, like it's it's really sort of obscure. Like that's kind of what I liked about. Yeah, he's really going for it too. And the thing is, like the thing I like about um Adam Sandler that a lot of people I think don't um give him credit for is that he did a lot of that stuff kind of like with Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell when he had his like run in the early two thousands. He'll inject some of those like weird things into it, and people like go, all right, and like just to sort of dare people to sort of. You know, do you like this stuff too? Because you like, you know, you like the obvious stuff, but like this stuff might be good too. And I, yeah. I kind of respect that. It's kind of cool. Sometimes he does too much of it, or it is too weird, and it doesn't always land. But if it's yeah, a bit more subtle and not too often, then it works. Yeah, this one's a, a lot more linear than like Billy Madison. Like this one's like just a out and out comedy. Like it's yeah. Ben Ben Stiller's even watchable in this. I, I find him very funny. Why is he in it though? Why does he do this? I think he's just friends with him. And like, uh, I mean, and he, cause remember he, had, he had the Ben Stiller show. So he was like, in the comedian's world, he was quite the, you know, he was, he was a bit of a, a master there. But his, his scenes, and he doesn't, over, he doesn't overplay it. Like, but the thing's like, no, shut up or I'll shut you up. <laughs> it's great. Nah. I, I want to give, uh, not, I don't want to give any kudos to Leonard Skinner because I don't think they're uh, great. But that Tuesday's Gone, the intro. Yeah. I love that song. That song just, makes the whole style of this film <laughs> and the uh oh god the the, the, the wonder years type yeah <laughs> with, with him pretending to be a, to pretend to be everything to be a dick is amazing <laughs> yeah the intro to this and then i love like it's funny i think having seen it so many times it's like the funny bits aren't as funny because it's just see i hadn't seen this for about 10 15 it. years and i was like i was there's a bit I oh, mean, the bit at the start where he like <laughs> they dare they they keep betting on him hitting that ball, and then it breaks yeah. a window in a house, and then it hits the dude, but then it hits the lady, and then she falls out the window. <laughs> yeah, that's the bit I was gonna say because it's I started to find the the other bits funny that I'd never really taken notice of, and that yeah. was one of the lines where he's like, "You hit that guy," and he goes, "You shouldn't have been standing there." <laughs> Like um, it's just a throwaway line, and it's not like a hilarious line. Yeah. But you just never, I'd never acknowledged it before. But it's simple um, little stuff like that that was way funnier. Junius Will and Sasso was he's... one of the movers too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and when he's in the ice rink for his date, and <laughs> it it pans out, and the Zamboni driver is lip syncing to the yeah. song. And that's one of the things you're talking about, like that weird, like, is this going to be funny? Do you like this weird, no, pointless stuff? Like, yeah, yeah. Why is great. he? Why is he doing that? Um, the whole um, alligator subplot for Carl Weathers' character, and then like him constantly like breaking pits off of his hand. Um, yeah. Uh, Alan Covert in this is is great as his caddy. Um, I just, and also the the first caddy had that that kid where he like beats the crap out of him. <laughs> Um, yeah, this this movie is just really, really fucking good. Um, uh, Kevin Neal. How different does Julie Bowen look? Oh my lord! Yeah, um, I was telling my wife I was watching. I was like, "That's the Modern Family," and she's like, "No, 
but yeah, she's um quite different. But yeah, there's um she's and she's like I like how she's actually like like a lot of um she's good she's love right. interests sort of actresses in the nineties like they sort of uh, don't fully commit because it's like you know and it'd be it'd be a hard thing to commit to like you're having to do a lot of shit <laughs> that you probably don't want to do but I think she's she's really really good in this film. So she probably doesn't need to commit because uh, Happy Gilmore spends every moment with her talking about himself and his problems. Yes, is seemingly in love with her and wants to be with her, but has never asked her anything <laughs> or engaged with her about her. No, no, it's all about. And I know, him. like, I'm being woke <laughs> because it's Happy Gilmore's film. And it's about Happy Gilmore, but you know, a little bit of two way, guys. Come on, we should. We can't, can't move on without. Can't be in love with a woman if you never. Yeah. Talk to her. We can't move on without talking about Shoot McGavin. Um, the, said, and his butt pads? Is he wearing butt pads? Looks like it, yeah. <laughs> the, um, yeah, he's got a real booty. I sent you a video when I was watching it because um, I rewound it a few times. It's a bit where he's, he just goes, oh my God, <laughs> when Richard Kill's standing there. Oh my Lord. I've rewound that about five times. Just his his delivery of that, oh my God, is just, yeah. Perfect. Everything that he does in He's this movie is perfect. So good. Um, imagine, imagine that role, but imagine it Bruce Campbell. That was what he was up for. Different film. He auditioned for Shooter McGavin. Nah. And nah. I can't remember Shooter McGavin's actual name, but I think he turned it down, or he wasn't yes. sold on it. Oh, because he, nah, he'd, he'd already played the bad guy in a few times. Yeah. So. Yeah. Did you hear about how he got pulled over in 2021? And then they're like, he's like, I was in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's what everyone knows him for. And then the cops are like, yeah, you're still going to get a ticket, man. <laughs> uh, oh, poor, poor Chris McDonald. Um, I want to talk about Beautiful Girls for a second because... Oh, before that, before yeah. that. Sorry, I want to talk... I wrote a note down on Happy Gilmore and I can't remember why and it just hit me. There's a random man... You definitely remember this. And he goes, gold jacket is yours, Happy. Shooter's going to choke. Yeah. And I scoured the internet for that. And no one knows why it's in there and who that man is. Because it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit. A character you've never seen yells out like he delivers the line as horribly as you could imagine. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's probably someone, probably someone one of his friends or someone who won like a competition. To be... <laughs> it's like, it's oh, it's so strange. Yeah, no, Reddit I didn't remember that guy, about yeah. like who is this guy? Why is that line there? Why does he say it so badly? And just no, no one knows what it is apparently. So if you know, call in. Uh, PO box. Um, <laughs> house. I don't know how it works. Uh, well, no, if you know. And Richard Keel, who like everyone would know, who played Jaws in um, the Bond films. Apparently, he was quite sick at that time and like couldn't stand up. Uh, like he had to. Use yeah, to, he always like, needed to like lean or something. Yeah, yeah, and then that bit at the end where he's like running. Uh, they really had to sort of like imagine trying to like do a, a stand in for that. So like the way they they shot it was quite good, but yeah, it's um, uh, it was good to see him there. Like you know, you don't usually get a lot of speaking parts for him, but yeah, he was great. Um, he was. So beautiful girls is a horrible movie. Um, it's, it's isn't it? So great cast though. It's great cast, but it's it's so um Miramax nineties. Um, it's. It's so creepy. It's about a uh, um, guy going back to his hometown for a reunion, and um, 
it's his friends haven't changed. His friends haven't, but I don't all. think. I mean, I don't think he's changed either. No, he hasn't. Um, but everyone thinks he has because he got out of the town and you know made a name for himself. And allegedly, man, the soundtrack to this movie is just like wall to wall Paul rock. It's like that sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, could be uh, Jim Blossoms, but probably not. Probably like not as good as Jim Blossoms, but like you know, it's got that sort of twang to it. Um, it's a little bit Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. A little bit, yeah, yeah. So you've got like Timothy Hutton, Matt Dillon, uh, Noah Emmerich, uh, Lauren Holly, Uma Thurman, Mira Sorvino, Rapport, Michael Rappaport, Rosie O'Donnell. Like it's just got, it's got, and then also a very young Nellie Portman, which is like one of the worst parts of this film. Not anything to do with her, but she plays a next door neighbor to this guy that comes home, played by Timothy Hutton. She's 13 in this movie that's mm-hmm. and he yep. basically falls a very in love young with, 13 as well yeah he falls in love with her because she's like an old soul and gets him and then they actually have conversations mm-hmm. between characters of like you know maybe i'll just wait her out till she's 18 yeah he's he's full string her along the whole time he's there yeah yeah and then she and Which, she's like look i know like kids can be interesting or like, oh, she might be funny. Oh, they've got a different way of thinking. Like, yeah, have a conversation with them if that's your neighbor. But how do you get to this point? Who writes this and thinks, yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a romantic interest here. Yeah. Let's, let's pursue yeah. this. It is like one of the worst movies I've seen. Like I watched it all the way through. Michael Rappaport is so gross in this. Like he does like, and like, I think that he plays that character well, but to the point where like, he really is, does. This, is this what Michael Rappaport was like in real life? Um, <laughs> it's not the first time he's done something like this. Rosie O'Donnell's there for some reason. Um, she has like a pretty good scene, like basically just stringing these two guys throughout the um, supermarket, telling them that their expectations of women are just ridiculous. Um, probably one of the best scenes in the movie, really. <laughs> um, yeah. She got pretty paid for like, you know, a couple of days' work. Um, this guy, Matt Dillon, um, is married to Mira Sorvino and has kids. Um, yet he's lusting after this high school sweetheart played by Lauren Holly. And you're kind of made to feel bad for Matt Dillon at one point because he gets beaten up by um, Lauren Holly's husband. Because that's how the, the movie ends. Yeah. And it's like the guy's trying to like, he's like trying really badly not to cheat on his wife and failing quite a lot. <laughs> um, it's just, is uh, Uma Thurman pops up and... Uh, everyone clamors towards yeah, everyone her. clamors to her and then like she I do like the fact that like this guy tries to kiss her and she like basically just like pushes him off and says like no fuck off um, is that was that Rappaport when he tries to make his yeah he because, tries like, to make the woman he's trying to get married to jealous yeah so he's trying to make, make her jealous he keeps so, proposing like, to her and she's like no yeah, they, um, and he also he um, where every time that because they're kind of broken up, and he thinks that she's seeing this butcher dude, and then every morning he goes, he's just, uh, the whole thing is like the bunch, bunch of these people are snowplow drivers. He goes and um, uh, pushes snow up to a garage so she can't get her car out, and then at the end of the movie, because he's changed now, he's actually moving the snow away from her. Thing I'm like, oh, what a nice guy. <laughs> he's not. He's not backing. He's not. Uh, he's doing his job and not trapping her in a cl- in her house like in a, in a wall of snow. Oh, what a dude! Um, this movie. Can you help me with something I wrote down? Because <clears throat> I watched this film two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I wrote, "Why is he stringing along a child in regards to Natalie Portman?" Because yeah. that's all he does the whole film. Yeah. 
underneath that, I wrote X-File. Um, something in this film is or could have been an X-File and I don't remember what it was. Is it something to do with uh, fishing in a frozen lake or? <laughs> oh, maybe. Uh, the maybe guy who owns the the guy who owns the um, bar, the weird looking dude, he was in an X-File. Oh, could have been that. Yeah, Pruitt, um, Taylor, Van, um, Van, uh, Vince. He's got he's got that sort of the yeah. yeah he's he plays a serial killer in one of the X Files episodes. Ah, maybe I just saw someone that looked like an X Files. <laughs> oh, all these probably people should be, keep better notes. All these people could be X Files characters, and all and this this whole this whole town could just be an X Files. Yeah, it's just it's gross. I also I partly checked out when I heard retard sandwiches and faggot, yes, um, which was more than once I think. Because that's 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 men in small towns. It's you know, I get it half. But then sometimes you're like, is this? Are they trying to portray what these people and what these areas are like, or is this just how it's we smart enough everyone that. spoke at the time? And also, fuck you for making a bad film associated with um, uh, Neil Diamond. <laughs> this is a bit, a bit where they all <laughs> sort of they all um sing Sweet Caroline and I'm like you guys aren't good enough or nice oh, enough to yeah. sing that song and that it will be happy so yeah um, let's round it out unless you've got anything else with Broken oh Arrow. not yet I've got I've got Rumble in the Bronx my man okay I didn't watch that did you not so watch Rumble in the Bronx I did not know ah oh, you fool this I might still I might still watch it and then I might still watch it and then and then discuss it at a later date but like yeah um, but I because we me and please do Son watched uh, a couple of Jackie Chan movies like this year, but yeah, we haven't done that one yet. We watched Police Story, but we haven't watched we haven't watched Rumble and Dogs yet. It's I love this film growing up, partly because it's so badly dubbed and it's really cheesy. Okay, <laughs> um, I didn't remember at the start of the film his I think it's his uncle. Yeah, he goes to stay with his uncle. He goes he goes to is it Queens they're in or Brooklyn or some New Bronx. York suburb. <laughs> the Bronx <laughs> it's not though because you know where it is where is it it's in Vancouver <laughs> oh nice yeah um, I was reading the IMDB and like trying to film city scenes with no mountains in the background nice <laughs> yeah um, so his uncle picks him up and I think they're, they're speaking in Cantonese and he says how's your English and he's like, oh, it's good. It's like, well, let's speak it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's really badly dubbed from then on. Nice. But I think I think some scenes they were speaking Cantonese and some they were English. Yeah. But even when they spoke English, they dubbed it again later because it oh, obviously no. probably wasn't that clear. Yeah. Um, the little... So his neighbor uh, is this girl in this gang that beats him up at one point. He doesn't know she's in this gang. Yeah. But her little brother's in a wheelchair. Yeah. And he's friends with everyone in the area because he's just too nice and too happy all the time. His dubbing is, <laughs> I don't want to say it's hilarious, but it's incredible. It's so cheesy. And he does like little thumbs up like, yay, Danny, you're enough. And he's throwing his thumb in the air because that's what you oh, did to no. people when you thought they were great. Uh, there's a scene when he, so the grocery store that his uncle is selling starts yeah. to get robbed. 
and he steps in and saves the day. One of the guys is wearing like Charlie Brown's shirt. <laughs> Not a shirt with Charlie Brown on it, but like this Charlie Brown's like shirt the yellow with the zigzag. The black, yeah. 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 I I I don't know if that was They do choice. that in um they do that in Kill Bill as well. There's like that, that she calls him Charlie Brown. Uh Lucy Lou makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> um he ends up just there's rival not a rival gang it's like the gang yeah um they all hate him because he beat up some of their people for doing bad things they chase him throughout this film constantly trying to beat him up there's a horrible bit where they corner him in an alleyway and just hit beer bottles at him yeah um and i think jackie chan did get quite hurt doing that it's his least favorite part <laughs> um like because there's blood in it and it's just it's do you think it's, it's a bit gross it's not too far. Um, no, um, I think I am going to watch weirdly, it. Weirdly. Yeah. I'm going to continue to spoil it, though. Okay. Um, there's a scene where he hides in this truck on in a car park, like on the roof of a parking lot. Yeah. And they find him, and they push the truck off. And this is like eight stories up. And they're all cheering that this truck just fell and crashed on the ground, and they likely killed him. <laughs> and they're cheering. Yeah. It's not just thugs like, huh, yeah, we got rid of that problem. It's <laughs> just <walk> everyone. <laughs> They're cheering it. I don't know. If I throw a truck full of I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> ah, it's, I don't know. Did they do it's, that thing that um, like a lot of um, Jackie Chan movies do a blooper reel at the end? Do they do that? Yeah, they do. Oh, um, nice. And they, sh- they show the bit where he breaks his ankle. Oh. And it looks like a pretty innocuous jump. And then they show these scenes afterwards where his ankle is cast up. Yeah, but they've got like a sock that looks exactly like his shoe, because he keeps on doing all the stunts with a broken ankle. Oh my god, it's insane. He's so good. The stunts in this are so good. The fight scenes are incredible. Jackie Chan, although he may have uh, abandoned his gay child, um, is a film hero. This has always been one of my favorite films. It's it's almost gonna knock Happy Gilmore off. I don't know. It's all close, right. but Let's see. the cheesiness when the little kid in the wheelchair says to his sister I see other kids playing with their sisters and you can't play with me (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the original script was for that Um, but then he gets pushed on the floor later and I find it really funny (laughs) I shouldn't he's just so pathetic Uh, but it's it's great I love this movie immensely and I always will and the only thing that might top it will be Thunderbolt which is also coming this year so don't miss that one I um, I will watch that. <sighs> it's on um, SBS on demand. If anyone wants to watch it too, so it is. Do it. Um, Broken Arrow, like it's it's bad, but man, it's yeah. it's good. Bad, like John Travolta just mm. got given after Pulp Fiction. It's like, well, you're back on top now. Do whatever you want, and he's like, hush, hush, <laughs> um, and he does whatever he wants to do. He is insane in this movie. Like no one was reeling him in. No one was telling him what to do. Uh, it's an insane movie about how he, him and him and Kristen Slater, uh, um, fighter pilots, and they 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 fly uh, stealth jets, which I remember was a big thing in the nineties. I used to have a um, have a model of a stealth jet on my yeah, shelf. Yeah, they were the coolest. Um, so he gets the idea to uh, hijack the stealth jet and also the nuclear missiles that are on that. Which is called a broken arrow, but it's not actually called a broken arrow because if you look at it, it's actually like if you actually look in the military terms, it's not. That's not what it's called. But whatever. Um, well, that's what they said. Don't um, don't 
Don't you disprove what a <laughs> guy from Fortress says? So yeah, so um, uh, Christian say they think he's dead, but and, and out in the desert, and uh, I love how <laughs> um, John Travolta gets out of his army fatigues and then like changes into a, a turtleneck <laughs> in the desert. Yeah, well, I mean, it gets cold at night. <laughs> um, unsafe. I mean, how does I... how's he look in the cockpit as well? Like, right before, this happens a couple of times. They do a zoom on his face and he's just sort of like, evil face. Because you know one of them's the bad guy when it starts. And then yeah, in the yeah. cockpit. Also, how's that terrible intro? Oh. Like, the zooming down on the boxing fight and it... Oh, ugh. Man. What the about worst. the bit? What about the bit? They go to the, there's so there's 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 his um this is like it's like Die Hard. This thing's like Die Hard. It's like you got like the the main criminal, but he's he's got his, all his goons trying to like sort of like clear out the um the area. So they go there's this camp set up by these two people. <laughs> this guy comes, <laughs> these two guys come and say like you got you got to leave, and this guy like doesn't really like he's like oh i don't think i should and then they just shoot him they shoot this dude and then he falls into the fire that yeah. is amazing <laughs> um yeah i just thought that you get this one and a half stars and how then they fucking dare you how absolutely yeah dare it's you. terrible so we i want to this watch bit, this one for a watch long by the way and well, i still might make you watch this for a while for, for the watch long because this is amazing i don't know if i can watch it twice i'm just gonna poo constantly while watching it <laughs> um so they're in the cockpit and they're having this little chat yeah and having seen it before you know john travolta's the bad guy but if you haven't seen it before oh, the film's already ruined but anyway they're having this chat and you can see it kind of starting to go this way of like uh, is he is he setting him up for like? Do you want to cut in on this deal? Um, and then Christian Slater makes a statement that makes him think, okay, yeah, he's clean cut. He's never going to do anything wrong. Yeah. And it just zooms in on John Travolta's face, doing like this scowl towards him. It's like, <laughs> oh no, he's the bad guy. <laughs> now we know. Um, terrible. I thought John is, Woo was good. This is um, no. <laughs> this is um, <laughs> this is also uh, a bit of a dry run. It's like a, a diet con air because Frank Whaley's in this and he's dressed yeah. exactly like John Cusack is dressed soon to be in con air. But he's just like, he's just, you're, you're nearly, you're nearly John Cusack, but you're not quite. Um, yeah, he's mini John Cusack. We've got Jack Thompson doing a terrible American accent. We've got Kurt Wilson. That wasn't that bad. Again. Delroy. Delroy Lindo. Stop eating my yeah. sesame. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, Delroy. I'm we've loving got, this era of the '90s where he's in everything. Oh man, and we've got this, and there's, there's just like these amazing fights where like everything, like oh, Samantha Mathis isn't in there because I believe her and Christian Slater were dating at the time. Um, she is not a good okay. actress. She's <laughs> fine. But no, she's not. She's really bad. She's fine. Can I please point out, Christian Slater is, uh, you know, in the services. He's in the Air Force. He is a man with authority. A park ranger, clearly a park ranger, Yeah. a lady of authority comes up to him with a gun and says, hey, 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 what are you doing? Slow down. You'll come with me. And he beats her up. <laughs> to get the gun away from her? Come on. Don't, you, don't, don't make this into anything that, that it is. I, I know that you've got like, oh, okay, my body's just stolen nuclear weapons. I need to sort this out. But <laughs> you, could, you could take five minutes to have a conversation. Like, nah, I'm just going to be the shit out of this lady and get back to what I was doing. conversations in um, John Woo movies. It's just... Christian Slater doesn't respect female authority. Fact. Um, the end. 
Also, why is there so much gambling in this film? Why is that a theme? I don't know why. Everything's half. betting. Was um, it sponsored by a, a betting agency? Hang on. Any sign of Deacons? <laughs> Maybe the son of a bitch is dead. What a terrible thing to say. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm glad Look you played him. this bit. It's a audio two. format for... No one can see it. Everything would go smoothly. Everything is going smoothly, I assure you. <laughs> For those that haven't seen, that's John Travolta walking up over a rocky ridge. In uh, slow motion. With sunglasses on. With sunglasses on. I don't on. know where, where he also, got those from. just smoking like a chimney in this movie in the heat of the oh, desert. Yeah. Just yep. everywhere. Oh. Um, so the music. Hang on a sec. You've got it. He's a lunatic in it. I've got to say, I kind of like it. He's kind of great. But I also kind of hate it. Yeah, I don't know. I fucking love this. I gave it three stars. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> There's a bit at the end the where they're having a fight. And then oh. if you listen really carefully, like it's got the, the ADR special effects of like... Psh, psh, but then... There's, oh, yeah. there's lion growls, like panther growls. He's like, rawr, rawr. and with, oh, with I didn't hear that, those. With it, no, you, and I, I was reading the um, IMDb trivia, and I, I rewound it. I said to my wife, "Can you hear it?" And then, like, it's just faintly in the background. You can hear when John Travolta is punching Christian Slater. There is a lion growl. Oh. It is next level. I did. I didn't miss the Mortal Kombat scream. Oh, the MK scream. Yeah, that's the the scream that. If you don't know, it's, um, if you ever saw, saw a Nutrigrain ad in the late 90s, early 2000s, and there's that, roar, like that scream, that's from this movie well, <laughs> when someone falls off. I think it might have been previous to this as well when we've had people fall from great heights, and that's the sound they have to make. No, that's this This is the first one that used that scream. I, I looked into this. Don't worry. Surely not. I looked into this. We've... We've had similar screams. Maybe not this exact one, but there has been there's ridiculous screams before. There is um <laughs> There is like the uh what is it called? The um Wilhelm scream. But Well may- maybe. Maybe that, but still. I will find the scream for you. Madness. Listen to this. <laughs> Gold. This is gold. That is, that's the moment where. Hey, guess what? What? Basketball Diaries had a Mortal Kombat scream. No. Yep. Suck it. Suck it forever. Okay. Um. Anyway, that's like a huge film section, but that's, like that that's is... the scene where Christian Slater tries to do the the rope dope. Yep. He he shows them something and gives them something else, but as Laura pointed out, he distracts them. And then immediately announces where he is <laughs> by yelling out incoming on the other side of the train. So Stupidity. Yeah, Broken Arrow was number one in the box Horrible. office because why shouldn't it be? Horrible. Um, Horrible. The last two minutes of that film, terrible. Mr. Holland's Opus was number two. Black Sheep was number three. The Juror yeah. was number four. And Muppet Treasure Island was number five. Terrible. So, Terrible top yeah. five. 
Um, let's move on to TV. Now, we had a couple of Australian debuts. Uh, we had Water Rats, which was quite the uh, show. I, th- I like wasn't watched a lot in my house. Like my, like I I was aware of it. Um, I remember it was like a big. Um, yeah, Corin Friel's in it. Um, Catherine McLennan's like it's it's got like it's just a smorgasbord of of every um Australian yeah. actor that you. Yeah, it was the, the next lines. Blue Healers. Well, let's not say things we can't take back. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, um, but my big thing that I watched, and I sort of alluded to it at the start of the show, Who Dares Wins. Now, I used to think about this in like, oh God, like how how crap was this? But then on YouTube, there is a 52-minute best of VHS copy. That seems like a really long best of. That you can watch and it, it just goes straight into it. So if you don't know what Who Dares Wins, um, middling cricketer and um, <laughs> Mike Whitney, who I've looked into him, his cricket career is thus. In test, he did 12 test matches, 38 one-day matches. He never got 100 or a 50. His top scores yeah. as a, with the bat, I mean, he was a bowler. In test, okay. it was 13. In one day, as it's nine not out. He Ooh. got wickets, but like he is not like any and, he, and he, he 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 brings it back to the fact that he was a professional quick cricketer in that show a lot. He's like, when I was a professional cricketer, when I was a professional cricketer, it's like, well, <laughs> well, to be fair, nope, making international is quite hard. So I imagine to get international, he did have a decent state career. So you, you know, give him. Give him a little bit of kudos. Mm, well, then I I tell you to watch this show and see how he like has no problem having his hand on any women any time whatsoever, <laughs> and then you might have a different idea of what. I'm not saying anything untoward happened. I'm just saying that he was very friendly. Um, yeah, he was. This show was about Mike Whitney would go to shopping centers and he would say to people, "I want you to do this, and I'll give you fifty dollars if you want some examples. I'm going to give them to you." One was. Yes. Eat three salada biscuits and then try to whistle. Mm. One was, if you're a woman, we will cut all your hair off and shave it down to a number one for two hundred dollars. Oh, and this is nineteen ninety six. That's 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 not bad. It's like three thousand (laughs) dollars (laughs) now. We had this. What the first thing in this video is like? He gets this fifteen. I'm assuming about fifteen year old girl from the from the crowd, and it's like this is like major shopping centres around Australia. Mostly, I think on the Gold Coast and New South Wales. We had this like he had this like uh, rig set up where this girl would drop ten meters with no safety apparatus whatsoever. She had a run through with like a safety coordinator for like the first for about half an hour beforehand. I got start. I started to get a little bit of a feeling that like she was a plant and she was actually like a gymnast or something because like she seemed very adept at falling properly. Was it on onto one of those nets? It's one of those those, those big um, uh, inflatable bouncy castles. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then like yeah, she got five hundred dollars for that. Um, there's one guy. <laughs> meters is, is really really far. Yeah, and the best thing is that um, you go to all these shopping centers and you just see, like, you know, she had a sports girl t shirt on. You can see Sanity in the background. It's like, oh, look at nice. all these shops that aren't around anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it, there is, if you want to see Australian society 
in a snapshot in 1996. This video is just it, like the the amount of people that were there, and I'm sure the shopping centers were great. It's like, oh look, Mike Whitney's coming. We'll get like heaps of people to our shops like this this like this time. So it's like I'm, I, everyone won. Um, every like every everyone in in, in they only ran for three seasons, but like yeah, I think maybe at the end they're like, this is too dangerous. Like people are going to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I don't know. I don't know whether like he he actually put plants in and like there were just um. It wasn't Surely at some stage you would, because I would love to desperate? go down a bit of a uh, black hole. I might even go into a rabbit hole and see if there's like sort of accusations of that because some of this stuff on the flight it seems a little bit too too smooth sort of thing. Yeah, unless unless they just cut out the forty people they asked beforehand that said no. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um yeah. he seems to always go up to old ladies. I think he wanted to see an old lady die. There's this one Okay. <laughs> and I'll put this up because this this uh actually I'm gonna try and find it while I'm talking about it. So he goes up to this old lady and he says he's he's got these he calls them nunchuckers. Num nunchuckers. Yeah. And he says these are deadly weapons. Um, you can't you, you can't actually use them. They're like you can only be a professional. And they got a professional guy who got he got. He's like, oh, you know, Bruce Lee actually um, taught this dude. And sure. then um, he's asking people to <laughs> hold an apple. Oh, that's loud. Um, to hold an apple <laughs> in their mouth, like by the stem, until and then get this guy to to knock it out of the mouth. And it is amazing, but at the end of it, because he likes to care about the kids, he asked he asked a bunch of um he asked a couple of uh, old ladies if they would like to to do that, and they're like, he's like, do you want to see an old lady get smacked in the face with a nunchuck? Um, he eventually gets this um this lady this girl to do it, but I'm just want oh this bit here, hang on, now Mike's gonna get real, he's gonna get real for the kids. All right, all right. Yeah. Especially you kids, that's not something that you should try yourself. Numchuckers can be very, very dangerous. <laughs> Numchuckers. <laughs> Numchuckers. <laughs> oh, Mike's looking out for kids. Um, yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, in America, VH1 storytellers also aired. Um, I, I like that. Sometimes it's a bit. I like. I mean, I like the ones that I care about the story of. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um it started with Ray Davies from the Kinks. I'm like, who else know him? But, but he, he, <laughs> his um his tour was called Storytellers, and they actually took the name from that. Um, but in that first season, yeah. they had like Elvis Costello, Lyle Lovett, Sting, the Black Crows. Um, so I don't know. I think I've seen a couple. I mean, I saw the Pearl Jam one. Um, I was always like, they only ever played. That one like came five, too late for me. They always only played like five songs. I was like, oh, okay. I watched. Oh, I watched the Green Day one too. So yeah. I feel like it's good in theory, but I've I've never really enjoyed any of them. Yeah. Um. So that means that we're up to the point of the show where uh my co-host Ben, <clears throat> la 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 la, we're big Conan O'Brien fans here. We go through everyone that was on the Conan O'Brien show for this season of um, February nineteen ninety six. We. Um. We will you. We do it to the tune of it used to be. A we didn't start the fire by our Lord and Saviour, William Joel. But we, uh, we, uh, you decided to change it to it, River it of Dreams. It was time for a change, yep. I didn't want to get too comfortable. Yeah. Because um, I clearly was. 
Yes. <laughs> um, for some reason, he can remember the melody of River of Dreams over We Didn't Start the Fire, of which I have to also say that um, the new Fallout Boy take on We Didn't Start the Fire, not bad. Um, can I remember this tune better? I don't know if I can. Yeah, I don't think you could either. Um, so yeah. let's let's do this. I'm going to start my um, my alarm clock here. Um, I'm going to give you fifty dollars if you can do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it's hard because this one's slower. I don't care. That's that's what gets me. Okay. But, okay. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> J. Thomas, Rebecca Romain, Amy Mann, Claudia Schiffer, Ralph Harris, Joe Quinnan, Maury Povich, RuPaul, McCoy, Tyler Trio, Tyra Branks, Ian Bag, Jerry Orbich, Mark Henry, Samantha Mass, Grady, George Wendell, Mark Rappaport, Timmy Hardner, Ank Rankadadovich, John Hyde and the Nashville Queens, Adam Sandler, Roger Ebert, Chris Jagger, Tom Arnold, Al Roker, Buck uh, Mark Scorsese, Richard Brazell, Lisa Loban, Nine Stories, Dave Rana, <laughs> Kathy Mean, Pam Tilsting, Kennedy, <laughs> Don Marrera, and Margaret, Al Frank and Daryl Hammond, Matt LeBlanc, James Cromwell, Big Sandy and his Fly Right Boys, <laughs> Robinson, Molly Shannon, Harry Shearer, Tom Brokaw, Rob Schneider, Jeff Sisson. Is that it? That's how the song ends, right? 58 seconds. You I shit. just, I I can't get I think... the little, the the chorus, the verses. Sometimes you have to Yeah, that'll be hard. Yeah. Um, yeah I is. want to go back to Williams Like the Fire, but, you know, I, maybe you should commit. I don't know. I, I have to commit now. I'm just going to do that one bit over and over and over. All right. Maybe if I do it quicker. Okay. Then I'll never get to the verse. Yeah, maybe. Um... Music. <sighs> Let's do it. That's that's what I just did. Well, on the Australian ARIA charts, we had Shuggy. <laughs> you bombastic. <laughs> I won't get into it because we know from last season that if I start doing Shuggy, that I yes, we do. I wet myself. Um, and Wonderwall, um, a bombastic Wonderwall was what February 1996 was. I would love to hear that mashup. And Mariah Carey, Boys to Men was still on the US charts for one sweet day. Um, we had some releases. Uh, we had Status Quo, um, Cherry Popping Daddies, Sackcloth and Ashes, Tennessee Moon by Neil Young, Neil Diamond, Neil Young, Neil Diamond, uh, All Eyes on Me by Tupac <laughs> Shakur. Congratulations, I'm sorry, by the Jim Blossoms, the Fugees with the score, come find yourself by the fun-loving criminals, Silkworm with Firewater, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds with Murder Ballads. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. So Sepultura or Sepultura, as my uh, year nine teacher <laughs> would call them. Sepultura, I don't want to hear so no Sepultura. With Roots, um, the refreshments with Fizzy Fuzzy Big and Buzzy. I couldn't find that one, damn it. Uh, Goldfinger with their self-titled album, The Grey Race by Bad Religion, Poke My Home by The Pogues, and that word that I can't pronounce by Snuff Demaguzabonk. <laughs> Demaguzabonk. Demaguzabonk. I don't know. Um, what a, <laughs> I don't know. Jeremy's iron. <laughs> um, I want to first of all, um, so Cherry Poppy Daddies, um, this album is like more punk than 
like they were they're always known for their uh um big band swing type sort of thing but this time around it was like it was yeah it wasn't wasn't like that at all like when i started listening to it i'm like oh um did i get the wrong <laughs> did i get the wrong album It's not even punk. It's like it's just nah. It's not. Um, it what wasn't bad. That? It was just it was just confusing. Sixteen horsepower. Um, I really like this album. I used to um, I used to listen to this quite a lot. Um, uh, yeah, if you ever get so sixteen horsepower is the band. Sackle for Nashes is the album. Um, I didn't even get that far. It's good. I, um, I did what, get. I did get some far. What did you listen to? Uh, I did the Gin Blossoms. Yeah, not as obviously. Good as, yeah, I mean, we got to follow you down on there, but you know, their their best song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, right, yeah. What else did you listen um, to? Uh, the score by the Fijis. We'll get there. Obviously, we will get to that. Who would who would avoid that? Um, I tried a little bit of uh, Tupac because I saw Nate Dog on there. Well, if you um, never, you know, never you really might, got me. You might, you might know this from somewhere at the start of this show. Oh man, I love. No, this I've song. never heard that anywhere before in my life. <laughs> I love the film clip to it, where like there is this like Mad Max. Oh man, I actually forgot that that was him. So good. Um, also, um, also got I did do a bit of. Um, bit of the Pogues. Oh yeah, because of the name it was funny. Um, um, and we were that... driving somewhere once, and Laura said, "Oh, do we have to listen to your shitty '90s music today?" And then I put on the Pogues because she likes the Pogues. She went, "Oh, okay." And it was actually um, all right. The the song "Love You to the End" is what the song that uh, my wife walked down the aisle to. I thought so. And then is it on your rings as well? No, that's something else. Yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah, it's on my rings. Yeah, like till the yeah. end of the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon Homes. Uh, yeah, really good. Um, uh, How really... big was Bad Religion for you? Oh man, so this is a pretty uh, landmark album because um, we talked about how like a lot of my music came from listening through the wall of my brother's room. Um, this was, you know, nineteen ninety six. I'm in. Um, what year nine year 10 so i'm starting to get like a bit of cash and going out a bit and like buying stuff and um this doesn't paint my brother in a nice way i bought gray race and listened to it <laughs> um he didn't like the fact that he said he actually came in he's like i don't know what he was having a bad day he's like because i think i was trying to start to play on guitar which he had to sort of listen to that as well he's like and he said bear religion's my band can you just not ruin my band <laughs> I was oh. like, what the fuck, man? So I actually sold my copy of Grey Race and then didn't pick up another wow. one in the 20s because he made me feel that shitty about it. So, um, and, but yeah, I, um, I, I didn't like, yeah, he didn't like the fact that, like, um, like he, he gave me Rancid and he gave me, like, all these other bands, but Bad Religion's his band. So, yeah, oh, thanks. Thanks, thanks, man. <laughs> but, um, this one's got, I, I think, um, Look, and it's it's an obvious choice, but like I think this song really does capture, encapsulate like the bridge that punk rock was going to in the nineties. Like they came up with this song. This is a punk rock song. It's not the best song on the album, but like this one broke through. Like I started to hear this song more on mainstream radio and TV. Um, 
and it's kind of like if you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of like mocking that very idea. But it's like it was kind of their breakthrough. I think I think that was on Tony Hawk's. Um, yeah, that's why that's not. Stuff. Yeah, so like punk rock songs, just one of those songs that like uh, really encapsulates that time to me, and and was the bridge for a lot of people to getting into Bad Religion. I think this album like really, I think it was their second one off of Epitaph too. They went on Epitaph for this one. Um, but yeah, songs like Pity the Dead, um, Drunk Sincerity, it's just one of my favorite albums of all time. Once I was allowed to listen to it again. <laughs> Thanks yeah. to my brother. Kids <laughs> um, are so cool. Uh, we can. Um, we, I also, look, um, this album too, uh, not so much this album, but this song, uh, this is Here in Your Bedroom, uh, by Goldfinger. Are they Australian? No. Are they a, just a Fat Records band? They're not even Fat Records. I think they're. I think they're in with um, maybe with No Doubt and that sort of okay. scene. But yeah, because the artwork for that album and the sound of it are just. I'm not yeah, going to say that I wrote it off straight away, but. Oh yeah, look. Off. But here in your bedrooms, like that was like one of those breakthroughs. It was like you know, Scar Punk was big at that time and that they were um i remember <laughs> when my first band um blunt i'm pretty sure one of the first songs i wrote was a complete rip on that song <laughs> which is you know that's what punk rock is you just like you know it's homages like dressed up yeah. as, like as as like complete rips of songs but yeah, yeah. i think my think like the guitarist at the time was like that sounds like you're in your bedroom i'm like no it doesn't shut up <laughs> <laughs> Um, did you listen to some murder ballads? Yeah, look, again, um, it's something I'm allowed to, not allowed, something that <laughs> Laura will happily listen to yeah. in the car so I can give it a go. Long, uh, I don't know long, what the Long songs are. in that album, there's like, like, there's like a couple of like nine minute songs in that album. <laughs> Bit of a theme about the Lee family as well, I don't know what the story is with that. Yeah, I um, like Curse of Millhaven, that's a really good song. And Where the Wild yeah. Roses Grow, it's really good. Yeah, I mean, you can't go past the Carly and the PJ efforts. Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, you know, it's it's Nick Cave. It's never gonna, it's never gonna reach my buttons. I definitely have to be in a mood for for Nick. Yeah. Um, did you? This is like a perfect illustration of like we like the single, probably didn't need the album. Um, yeah. Uh, white guy rappers <laughs> and the big thing about that one is it had a bunch of uh, Tarantino sound clips all the way through it like it's got um, made it even cooler yeah so it's like Reservoir Dogs and um, uh, Pulp Fiction and it's just like like I, I used to love that song don't get me wrong I tried to listen yeah. to the album and it's like it's really hard because it's really bad <laughs> um, uh I don't know what the what you'd call it. it's like sort of I don't know funk I don't know I don't know I don't even know what you call, yeah, you call it yeah I don't know I feel like they rode the coattails of that song for quite a while though because when I was yeah. in we moved to England a couple of years from now and they were like still doing the rounds they were still yeah you know, not like a big band but it was like everyone knew the fun loving criminals but I think the name and that song just when um kept them going when you look at their like when I go to their profile on Apple and then you know they do the, they do the top songs so the yeah. first four songs is 
Skippy snacks and different variations thereof oh, with an expanded no. one. There's like a different remix and stuff like that. And then like there's another there's another song called The Fun Loving Criminal, which is not too bad. Um but yeah, like they really sort of <laughs> really uh latch on to that uh to that Scooby Snack thing. So yeah. But hey, guess what? They're back. Are they? They had an EP out, um just just a few weeks ago. Put them back in. They're not done yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Welcome back, the FC. No, thank you. Um, What did you like in this? Um, Look. Can we talk about Fuji? Should we get some Fuji on? Yeah, because there wasn't. There's a few things that I couldn't find. I went on uh, Spotify. Sepultura, obviously not going to bother with. Refreshments weren't there. Stop saying Sepultura. Neil Diamond. Sorry. No. Status quo. No. Um, I spent a fair bit of time listening to this. Yeah. I. And not to I can't be believe that's the young girl from Dangerous Minds. Not to be gross, but I had a major, major crush on Lauren Hill and still do. <laughs> like, I think she's amazing. I love the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Um, this album is just amazing. Uh,. Of course, like the the singles, like you know, "Ready or Not," "Fiji La," um, "Killing Me Softly," obviously. But then there's like a bunch of other ones, like they, "They're No Woman, No Cry" is amazing. Um, "Zealots" is a really good song. Um, the Beast so is also good. a really good song. Yeah, the sample in "Zealots" as well. Oh from, man, I can't remember what it's from, but that's... oh, it's like um from that kind of old fifties song. Some yeah, but it just it starts together so perfectly and i also like the fact they do those little kind of like between a couple of songs they do those little skits and that that will like on miseducational lauren hill like they do heaps of that stuff like there's like little um two minutes sort of skits skits and stuff before the song starts and i know a lot of people got annoyed with that but it's really some of it's really funny and some of it's just like it's just a cool little like intro to songs um but yeah this this whole album is just amazing i found how many mics like i like it but it also frustrates me in like how they rhyme and like the lyrics to it i'm like I, how yeah are you doing that what are you saying um like what how do you do this what is it's that an odd, it's an odd um start to an album because it's actually because like, can you imagine like people um who heard killing me softly and then the first thing yeah. they hear is um, how many mics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like well, this is not like that at all. Because yeah, killing me softly. If if anything is not a great representation of what the album is, but um, no, it's like. But then when you get into it, and I was like, I'm, that, if you listen to the song before killing me softly, Lauren Hill does like a bit of a riff on. She calls it the sound man. She's like saying stuff about the sound man. And or sound boy, and I thought that was really cool. Like it's like a, it's kind of like a false start to like the hit song. Yeah, um, almost on purpose, and I, I just love it. It's so weird to look back now and listen to this and think about like these three, uh, not to be rude, but mostly two, like Lauren Hill and Michael <laughs> Shaw, went on to have huge yeah. careers. Only then, like within two or three years of this, the Fugees were kind of gone, and it was just. Well, then Lauren Hill came Michael out with, in '98 with Miseducation, and like she didn't tour that much either. Like she was, she sort of like went into sort of 
hot, not hiding, but she just didn't do much. Like, I mean, when she, when she was doing what she wants to yeah. do, it's awesome. But like, she didn't do a lot of like releases and stuff. But yeah, um, but goes without saying that. I mean, it was a, it was a bit of a tough one because like, I really wanted to give it to Grey Race as my favorite album, but I have to do Fuji's score because I listened to this a lot. My kids loved it um, as well, um, and this is just like it just had like I hadn't listened to the whole album for a while. And every every song was like, yeah, awesome. So I'm yeah, going with that. Same. Um, for my song, so I can get some Brad Religion on the board, I am going to give it to um, Punk Rock Song. And I know that's like a bit of a, you know, I could, there's a bunch of other songs I could give it to, but I think in terms of encapsulating what I feel about that record and like the um, how important it was and how it sort of bridged a gap, I think that song's really good for that. So... Punk rock song by Bad Religion is my song of the uh, month. I don't know if if you heard before we started recording. I was walking around the house doing things, and this has happened to me for the last three weeks. Just out of nowhere, I go because follow you down, whether you want it to or not, will just drop into your head, and that's where it will hang out. It's so good. And I remember when we did Hey Jealousy and you said how, yeah, you know, one of them died and it was never the same again. And I forgot this song even existed. Even after watching Chad Lesser, I forgot this song existed. It's really and good. And then it just pops up and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so good. It's dumb and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I... It, Jangly, it, harmonica. It would, oh. be, it would be very dismissive to say that it's just not as good as um, their other albums and all that stuff. But like, it's it's good. It's just it, like I just found like um a lot of a lot of the songs on this one was um generic, bit samey, bit samey. Yeah. yeah. Um, now for my movie of the month, it's going to be Broken Arrow, and it should be yours too. But it's not. And it's not yeah. <laughs> I I had the most fun with that movie that I had for a while. Um, I think I was just in the mood for something silly, and God damn it, it got silly. So you didn't mind it when uh, Red Former goes, we got a broken arrow. And Mini John Cusack's like, what? What's that? <laughs> and then he explains exactly what he meant when he said that. You yeah. see, son, a broken arrow <laughs> is when nuclear missiles go missing and we don't know where they are. And that's what we call it. We call it a broken arrow. And he smacked him in the back of the head and called him a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Happy Gilmore, which is my film of the month. Nice. <laughs> How could it not be? Nah. Yeah. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, it is livingthepastpod at gmail.com. Um, we have an Instagram, which uh, <laughs> recording, these in, recording these in advance, I'm like, it's going to be so updated. So hopefully future Paul hears past Paul and says, yes, I'm gonna, this is it's ramping up. Take it from me, who's done the, the fact sheets. There's, there's some good stuff coming. So... Um, yeah, thanks for listening. We appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Stay pasties. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Cornish pasties. <laughs>on Instagram or email her carlykagenvin at hotmail.com Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast Do You Think I'm Spooky? 
available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a faster review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.